welcome True Believers once again to the Marvel Cinecast for Thor. As always, I am joined by Tony. Verily I say unto thee, good day. And <laughs> Scott. Uh, hey guys, I'm sorry I forgot my uh, mother's drapes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tomorrow we're going to have a ton of Thor know, was really bad. <laughs> Pun, not porn. <laughs> Two different things. Whoa, that's a different the other podcast. Well, based on I don't know, I don't necessarily know that. Based on how people react to this movie, I assume that's what people got got from this because a lot of the stuff that centers on this movie is how hot Ilki and Thor are. Um, Tom Hiddleston got a huge kind of fangirl following after this film. Mm, he definitely I would, did. I would just say this much: kind of go home back, and this is an odd face to start. I didn't realize how short his hair was in this film. I guess I'm used to how it is in Avengers and Thor 2. <laughs> that is a good point. I did. I kind of noticed that too. His hair looks shorter, and just his his demeanor, even. Well, obviously his demeanor is going to be different, but. Uh, yeah, to me, he seemed he felt younger and almost more meek. Uh, at least towards the beginning of the film, um, and then obviously towards the end is when he kind of, you know, becomes who we will see in the Avengers and the other following movies. But yeah, the, there's definitely a visible difference in his character. I would say. Yeah, and I like I like that it. It's a very good visual, visually differentiating Loki before you know, before he sort of turned evil, and then. During and then, kind of, kind of after. Yeah, definitely. So, well, do, uh, do you guys want to discuss? I guess, kind of, some of the story, or what do you guys want to go over first, or just random, random stuff? No, no, <laughs> I, I, that was just my first observation, and I wanted to throw that out. there. Yeah. Uh, I think we should, as always, start with this story, and I think that Thor of all the Phase One films, and even with Captain America next week. It's the one that had to do the most kind of misogyny of the mythology because it's not necess- It's not an origin tale per se because Thor is a person. He's born Thor. He doesn't become right. Thor. So it's like he already exists. So how do you make it a compelling story around him? The answer is not this movie. But <laughs> okay, uh, that's that's an opinion. That's an opinion. <laughs> that is certainly uh, an opinion. <laughs> Well, Thor becomes a hothead. He gets stripped of his power. He's sent to Earth. As far as I know, he earns nothing other than the fact that if you fall for a hot chick, you can get your powers back. And okay. if that's all it took to get superpowers, then I'd have superpowers like 30 times over every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, um, I see what you're saying. Well, I, okay, so first off, to kind of like set the world, I think this is a very... This was probably the trickiest of all of the, the you know, um, Phase One Marvel films to to do because you you basically it's not just introducing a character but it's setting up a whole world and a whole mythology. Um, and honestly, I thought they did a pretty good job about that. Like I, I, you know, I mean, obviously it wasn't realistic by any stretch, but I felt like they tied it into our world quite well. You know, with, with the whole you know, alternate dimension things and how, like, the ancient, um, you know, gods were actually just alien beings. And, you know, so I, I thought they definitely tied it in well and and did kind of have some sort of realism to the 
although it's you know completely far fetched. Yeah, as much realism as you can get from this type of story. Right. And I, I think they like visually, they they definitely set it apart as this high holy place, you know, the realm of Asgard, and it set itself very starkly apart from the rest of you know Earth. And yeah, I, I think sure. they did a really great job visually showing that. Yeah. So, so Earl, how did you feel about the actual world that they built in this film? Like Asgard, I actually like Asgard. I mean, Asgard is a very visually different and unique place. Um, the rainbow, the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge, and all that is, you know, fantastic. Yeah. My problem with this film isn't necessarily the design. I mean, I think that it would be very difficult to get the design wrong as long as you put some money into it. I think because... Uh, you could definitely get that wrong, for sure. Oh, you could get it wrong, <laughs> when but I don't know much. When I, when I first heard that they were trying to rebuild, like, Asgard and the Rainbow Bridge, I was like, how in the world are you going to do that and make it look good at all? Like, that's, that is so cartoonish. It's like, there's no way they can do it. So uh, they could have definitely done it much, much worse. They could have, but they didn't. My problem here is that... For us, our entry character, our point of view character is Jane Foster, and I do not find her to be an interesting character at all. Mm. That's a very good point. Yeah, I I would say she's probably uh, the weakest character in this film. Uh, As I said before we started recording, like to buy her as a physicist was (laughs) was probably the most far fetched thing in this film. Um, Yeah, but overall, her character was kind of uh, uninteresting and, and. Probably not. Not. I mean, definitely not nearly as strong as, as many of the other characters. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I mean, that's our character. That's the one we're supposed to kind of get behind. The one who doesn't necessarily believe Thor is this god from the skies or whatever. And I never buy that. I don't buy her as a scientist, and I don't buy how Thor falls in love with her. And if if you don't buy a ton of the stuff that the movie's offering, it does kind of hinder your enjoyment of it, especially being like the bulk of the movie, the middle section, is their the dynamic relationship, and I just don't like her as a character, and I don't necessarily like Thor as a character until, but I don't like him as a character in another meet, in the sense that he's not a bad character, he's just a really kind of one-dimensional character, and I think it's a weird thing, because his arc is supposed to be that he's supposed to be more rounded, and his, his, his acknowledgement of this doesn't really come into the climax. Mm-hmm. It's funny how you said that you don't fi- that we've been saying that we don't find uh, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster uh, as a believable sort of character physicist, and we don't find their con- her connection with Thor to be realistic. But we talk about how we actually kind of see the, the realm of Asgard and Thor and all <laughs> this fit into the story. We find that more realistic than the love story. Yeah. I was just about to comment on that. That is pretty funny how, like, that that's the one thing that we're like, that's a little far-fetched. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's but, the thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, but again, I can, I can see how that would be um, a little off-putting. However, I don't know if I really viewed their relationship as, like, the main focus of this story. You know, but I, I, I mean... It has to be, because that's what eventually grounds so, him and makes him more humble. Well, I don't think it's necessarily his relationship with her. I think it's his relationship with humanity and Earth. And and, 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 and she's his proxy for that. 
Like, it's, yeah. not his relation, it's not his relationship with the other scientists. It's not his relationship with, um, what is her name? Cat. Right? Darcy. Cat Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Oh, Darcy. whatever. The actor. Darcy. Yeah. Cat Dennings. Who I think is a fantastic character in this film. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked her. She was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. She's um, probably my favorite part of this. But, but go on. But I, I think, I, I think building off on what, that some of what you were saying, saying how Thor is kind of like a one-dimensional character. You know, Thor's been alive for so many thousands of years, and he has... Like, I know that Asgard hasn't had much communication with Earth so in, the, in, a, in a long time, so they don't really know what's going on, but if they, Thor has, like, no connection <laughs> to the planet, like, no feelings towards it, even though... You know his his father fought to defend it and all this, and they're they're all part of the you know the the, the tree and all that, and he just doesn't care. And yeah, it, it's funny how he knows so much about like the, the frost giant planet, and yet doesn't know how to order a refill on Earth. Yeah, it's like I mean, but I kind of get why they were doing that. They wanted to go with the whole like fish out of water. Um, um, what's the movie with um? Uh, coming to America kind of thing where yeah. <laughs> you're like you're in this new world and you don't really know how to react and how to how to do things and they wanted to kind of go with that humor so I can I I, I think that if you look and, and I don't know if this is even a good thing to say but if you look too deeply into this story you're definitely going to find a lot of problems with it I think it's not supposed to be viewed that deeply I think it's supposed to be just a shallow fun blockbuster summer popcorn film you know which I'm and, fine with but even on the surface level the movie never really engaged me. Because I don't care for the two leads. I care for a lot of the supporting characters. And mm-hmm. we're going to get to this in a sec. Or I guess we can talk about this now. It has the same problem we've had with the first three Marvel films. In that I don't necessarily like the villain. And, I mean, you can make a case that Ilky's the villain. But for the most part, he doesn't become the villain until the climax of the film. And you have to kind of... The villain of the first two-thirds is um, the Ice King. And he's um, not very dare. Well, is he now? I mean, it's weird the 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 whole the whole thing. It, it's it's very hard to place exactly where the evil comes from. Well, yeah. the the, I, the um um what's his name now? The ice uh, giant um, Luffy. L- Luffy. Yeah, L- Luffy Yaffe. or Luffy. Yeah, he's he's the bad guy in like that first scene when they go over to the ice world. But out, I mean, for a large portion of the film, there. It's Loki. It's Loki moving around in the shadows. and, and Yeah, it's, it's him moving around in the people. shadow, but the overt threat, because you remember, he comes back to kill Odin, and that's when Loki betrays him, and that's kind of when Loki extends to the film's main bad guy. Like, Loki is manipulative and kind of a dick, but he's not outright evil until he sends somebody to attack Thor on Earth. Uh, I, I, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little tricky in this particular film, because... I don't. I mean, because no one going into the film was surprised that Loki was the bad guy. Oh, no, everyone I, I, knew. Everyone knew going into it. Yeah, Loki's the bad guy. He's yeah, and the I bad think guy. that it's the common knowledge. <laughs> I think that hurts the middle because he is. I mean, he's the most interesting villain that we get from Marvel because he's so. He's not necessarily pure evil. He's just right. kind of troubled because he yeah, he doesn't know what he wants. Yeah, well, I mean, even before that, he doesn't know where he belongs. He's half—he's an ice giant. Well, he's a 
um, frost giant that um, Odin stole when he was a kid, and he finds that out, and that does conflict you. Like, not that you were adopted, but literally that your dad stole you from some other people. Right. I never told him that, so I can understand where he's coming from. But he's not outwardly evil until okay. he needs to be at the end. And I think well, you can have you don't necessarily need to be ha you know, mustache throwing evil. But yeah. there's no compelling thing to tie in the middle third the middle third of this film because you're transitioning between Yoki's you know, rise and Thor's mini origin or whatever you want to call it, his humbling. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and even then, I don't think Loki ever really becomes pure evil. Like, I don't even think, to date, he is purely evil. I, I think he... I think... And that's one fact, of the reasons why he's... I think that's one of the reasons why he's such a good character, is because... Uh, I, I mean, although he does a lot of really screwed up things, his intentions are, in his own way, in his own mind, pure. Like, I think Avengers, he's pretty evil. I don't know if there's a shade of gray for him in Avengers. Yeah, in the Avengers, you're right. It does become a little more black and white at that point. <laughs> but but definitely in this movie and in the second Thor movie, I mean, you know, in this movie, spoilers, at the end, he saves his father's life, basically. Well, I was confused by that because he, he set up the, 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 the Frost Giant King to die. But I didn't know his game plan. Was he going to kill Odin at that point, or what? I think I, I think that what he wanted was to just stay in control of Asgard until, or if, Odin ever came out of the Odin sleep. And when he did, when Odin did come out of the Odin sleep, he wanted to have done something of note. And killing the Frost Giant King is pretty noteworthy. Well, I think he's very conflicted and very confused. And, I mean, I don't think he just saved Odin because he wanted... I think he did it because he feels for him. I mean, uh, and not to jump too far ahead, but, you know, in the second film, when when he finds out about his mother being killed, he's, you know, deeply distraught by it. And it's not for any ulterior motives, but those are the people that raised him. So I yeah, think but I think there is a, there is there is some good to him, and I think there yeah, you know it's, he's just confused. At the same time, if you want to jump into the second one, it's implied that he kills Odin. Um, well, he definitely does something with him. He does something yeah. with Odin. He usurps yeah. him from the throne, kills him or not. It, it's kind of implied that he kills him because he's not Odin. So I don't necessarily know if it's a love thing, but. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that, because he, he right. was the one who told him how to get into Asgard, and told him that Odin was in the Odin Seep and all this other stuff. Which is, I also have to say, it's really yeah. awesome to have stuff named after you. Like, I want that girl. <laughs> you're, you're, I am going to have the Tony sandwich. <laughs> and then I'm uh, going to sit in my in the, in the Tony couch. <laughs> oh, I wish but, I could have things named after me like that. That'd be pretty cool. But you gotta be like the king of a alien world to do that so i don't see that happening so so here's one interesting thing that uh when i was reading up on this movie just doing a little bit of research before we went on um is the director of it is kenneth brana so i don't know if you guys are very familiar with him but and i think uh, one of the reasons that they chose him as the director was because he has worked with a lot of uh shakespearean uh type films like he's worked on hamlet uh he's worked on um 
what else was I think? I'm going to have the list here. Oh, Much Ado About Nothing. Not the Joss Whedon one. It's like way back in 93. Henry V. He's done a bunch of that kind of like Shakespearean world films. And so I think that's probably a big part of the reason why they decided to bring him in for this movie because they were trying to tie it to that realism. So I think he, I think he did a pretty good job about that. Um, I definitely feel like the story was somewhat shallow um, and pretty straightforward, but I almost feel like it had to be. Otherwise, if, if they if they went off the rails with it too much, then I don't think it would have um, had that had, have had that broad acceptance, you know, that, that universal appeal. Yeah, because Thor is not one of those. It, it, a lot of people know about the existence of the character Thor, but for a lot of people, he's not one of the. He's not really too well known, even though he's you know one of the Avengers, one of the founding Avengers, dating back to the comics. He's not as unknown as some of the characters that Marvel's working on now for the next phase of movies. But they they kind of had to make it him more able to connect yeah and right. i think the biggest thing especially for our culture is the fact that they are kind of i mean in the comics they are gods and here they kind of make it a mixture of magic and just like an alternate dimension or like a you know distant planet or something like that like right. they, they are still gods because they have like the books that show like oh thor and odin were from myths and stuff like that they can't be real but they do try as much as you can to ground it. Like, he doesn't do... Like, yes, he he throws down lightning and stuff, but he doesn't necessarily... You know, there's nothing that he does that's too gaudy or anything like that. Right. Well, mm. you gotta you gotta, you got to realize that, I mean, of course, that they... You know, we are kind of like the ideal audience for these filmmakers, but what they want to do is they want to have... You know, they want my mom to go and watch the movie. And, you know, so you have to kind of ground it in realism or make it interesting enough to those non-comic fans and people that are completely unfamiliar with the characters you you have to make it interesting for them to want to go and see so um i i think they did a pretty good job with that which might be to some of the more hardcore fans dismay you know maybe we were you know some of us were looking for you know something deeper in the comic world and but i i think they did what they could to appeal of appeal to everyone. Yeah, I, I I think ultimately though for me this just didn't turn this didn't mesh well. It didn't come out into a really nice and juicy movie. It was like an undercooked steak. Yeah, it it does suffer from like for a comic book movie, it doesn't have a like we said, a very clearly defined villain because a lot of people who aren't familiar with Thor and Marvel Comics don't really understand that, hey, this is the only time you're going to see Loki not evil in some way. And they see him as this, you know, tragic character. And they see the Ice King as the villain, even though he... You know, he doesn't really do much, and we don't have any sort of real villain play until the very end, and it's kind of unexpected. So I can see where you're coming from with that. And when yeah. I say unexpected, it's unexpected for a lot of people who went to see the movie, not for 
people who are familiar with the characters. Right. You know, it's funny. Is I remember when, before this movie came out, and, you know, as you guys know, I've been following comics my entire life. Like, I had... Um, Nerd. Uh, I had... Uh, whatever. Don't judge me. Like, <laughs> um, I I had the... Back in 92 and 93, they had these uh, Marvel cards, these collector cards, and I had the full run both years. <laughs> I wish I still had nice. it now, but I don't. But uh, anyway, so that, that's how deep it runs. Um and so, when when they first announced that Loki was going to be the villain in this movie, I was like, "What? Loki? Really? Are you sure?" Because even in the comics, like he was never really that big and bad of a, you know, like he was he's the god of mischief. He was mischievous and he caused little trouble here and there, but he was never like that, you know, very intimidating and intense villain. But and I and I don't know. I, I think they but, did. But, but I think it was the easiest story to tell when doing Thor's not origin because it is basically a sibling rivalry. It's somebody who has lived in the shadow of his famous, yeah. more popular, more like well, like brother. And Loki's not strong. He's not as handsome as Thor. He's not as popular. He's not the warrior that his dad wants him to be. So I think that's a story that a lot of us can relate to, in that we have siblings. Well, well speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. I am. Oh, you're- I know you're strong <laughs> and a warrior and handsome. So I mean, <laughs> and humble, okay. and uh, humble. Oh, so humble. <laughs> very humble. <laughs> the most humble, you might say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Well, what I was going to say though is that, like, since I didn't anticipate him being like this big intimidating threat, um, I thought they worked with his character well in this film. Like, they they definitely played off of that. Um, you know, like he he would he you weren't concerned about him going head to head with Thor at any point because he yeah, which is why I found win. the final fight kind of weird because Loki yeah. does kind of stand up to him for okay maybe maybe like two minutes or so, but yeah. he does stand up to him. I'm like I don't get like I was it was so funny when Thor just put his hammer on him. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I I like the I. I the fights were a mixed bag. I enjoyed the first fight. I think that was really good. And then the second fight, when he breaks into the um, shield base. Wait, that was the first really... fight? You mean the fight with the ice giants? The frost giants? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was really that was really cool. <laughs> and how he takes out the um, I don't know what that beast is called. <laughs> oh yeah. But, yeah, which is supersonic hammer to the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty I cool. Guess... I like. Yeah, I like, and I like that fight in the uh, the shield base as well. Although there were some things that bugged me about it, like some of the, but it's just me being like martial arts nerd. Like some of the stuff they pulled off, I was like, eh, that wouldn't work. <laughs> like, but well, just, just real quick, I didn't know, I didn't know where to interject this, but Hawkeye has a drink and you miss it appearance in this film. Oh yeah, For yeah. Some, I remembered him having a much bigger role in this film. No, no, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I remember they briefly meant from what I had recalled prior to rewatching it recently was that I remember they had briefly introduced his character but never really, you know, went deeply into it. I think they were just trying to kind of, kind of trying to tease him because, you know, it's kind of like to ease him into the into the into the world at that point. Yeah. So the problem with that though is that they don't develop him. Be like, this is he gets as much development in this as he does in Avengers, which is yeah. none. That's unfortunate for him. Yeah. Well, maybe we. Maybe, I mean, maybe on that point, we should talk more about that when we when we do review Avengers. Because yeah, that is that is a 
a big topic of discussion for his character. Like he always seems to get shafted. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, I, I, but Arrow yeah, I shafted, but ah, uh, this guy. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, I I, I, I I like that fight, and I like the, the disappointment and sadness on his face when he tries to pick up the hammer and nothing yeah. happens. Yeah, that, that it, was. It's, right. it's not just him. Everybody's watching him. Like, is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? And nothing happens. And it's like, womp, womp, womp. It makes you wonder, though, did Coulson know that he was Thor? Because he was like, wait, let him try. You know, oh, no, no, he, he, had the, he had the energy readings. He was saying, like, while he was getting closer, like, the hammer was actually giving out readings they weren't getting before. So he okay. wanted to see if something was going to happen. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't even know if the writing on the hammer was legible by humans. No, I think it. The, you're talking about the symbol that they had on it. Well, yeah, cause, and there's also um, he who whatever yeah. show possessed the might of Thor, and you know Odin speaks and it inscribes it. So I don't know if anybody can actually read what that said to understand like, oh, this is Thor's hammer. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I think the it would kind of like appeared as he grabbed it, and then if I remember correctly, it kind of like uh, it kind of disappeared once he once he failed at picking it up. So it's like um, kind of like the uh, the ring, you know, the one ring where the writing appears when you touch it, but then you know once you let it go, it disappears. So I think it was something like that. But um, okay, so where were we? Um, oh, know, we just finished mind. talking about Hawkeye, I think. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you blink and you miss it. Also in this podcast, you gave him as much time as he got. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. yeah. I was I was joking that Darcy gets more character development in this film than he does. And yeah. I I like Jane supporting cast, though I feel like I I I feel like they didn't know what to do with them outside of Thor, which I guess makes sense. And they kind of they run into the same problem with Thor too, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, they were fun comic relief. But yeah. like, there wasn't much meat to the characters. Yeah, the whole, I mean, middle part of that of the film when he was like on Earth and he was with these humans and it was basically just, you know, like I mentioned before, it was like a fish out of water type tale where they were just like trying to, you know, bring the lulls. And it was, it was there was definitely some very funny moments, but um, as far as like developing the plot, it wasn't really all that um, important. Like nothing that really happened there. Re- resulted in anything substantial. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, he's here, and some funny jokes that we're going to play, and now let's move the story back along. Right. A lot of that could be trimmed out inconsequentially and replaced with, I don't know, some more villain backstory or whatever. More yeah. Loki time. You know. Well, like yeah, that. I... I guess, I guess, what would you have? I mean, what would you? I mean, I guess this is more for me because I'm the one who seems to dissect the movie. I don't know what I would have done to make it more enjoyable, because even when they kind of make their focus more on Thor and an actual threat, I'm not a huge fan of Thor too either. Spoilers. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I mean, my my biggest problem with it is seems to be um, seems to be everyone kind of like it feels sort of the same way is with Natalie Portman's character is that she just kind of didn't sell it. Like I, I didn't believe one that she was who she was and also that the relationship would have the effect that it did. You know, I mean, they didn't, it's like the, the way he 
reacts towards the end of the field, the, the end of the, the end of the film, the way that she affects him at the end, you don't see that connection grow during the film. You know, it's like for him to respond the way he did at the end, it would require him to have a much deeper connection with her than it seemed that he did. And, um, and so I don't know. I don't know if that was her character, if that was the way her character was written, or what. But I just didn't buy that. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying at the start, and you disagreed with me. You said that wasn't the heart of the film, uh, but well, you that, have that's, to... no, that's what I'm saying. That's the one thing. That's the one negative I can say. But that said, I definitely would say that didn't ruin the film for me at all. Like, I feel like if you don't buy the relationship, it's hard to buy into the movie because it is the, like I said, it's the heart of the film. Like eventually, it is what you have to believe in. I don't for think it was. You to, I, don't, I don't think it was the heart of the film. I think I, 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 I think the heart of the film was Thor and Loki. I think it was the develop I, the developing of their their characters and their personalities and going through their their changes. They both had they both had very distinct changes throughout the film. I yes, think that was. The, in order for Thor's change to happen, you have to buy into his relationship with Jane Foster. No, not necessarily. You have to buy into you have to buy into his relationship with humanity, and Jane Fo- Jane J- Jane Foster is just kind of a conduit of that. But not the. I mean, it, it's you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if 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 you wanted to narrow it down to just her, but I think it was more than just her. I think it was him him at Earth. I think that's what the real him and Earth. It really, honestly, they go way back. Him and him and yeah. Earth, him and humanity. I think that's what the real, uh, real cause of his change was, or at least that's how it seemed to me. Uh, I, I we will disagree, and it makes no sense to argue in circles about this. Oh no, I mean it's it's just you know it's, again everything's subjective, so it's how you view it. But I think, I mean overall, I, I think, it did what it set out to do. You know, I think that it was a fun, entertaining movie that uh, helped bring in a wider audience. Um, and hey, hey, and, hey, you do a final rest before we get there. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm just, all right, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll move, move along. We'll move along. What, 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 yeah. Uh, I guess I guess since Tony wants to get out of here, apparently. No, 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 we no. Can, <laughs> we, we can kind of talk about. I think I, 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 it's not necessarily. Well, I do think it's a problem with this film. But it's more so once you see... It's kind of funny going back to the Avengers and watching this. The end of this film kind of sets up that Thor def- destroyed the Rainbow Bridge and he'd have no way back to Earth. He wouldn't yeah. see Jane Fox and all this other stuff. They pretty much negate all of that with the Avengers because they need Thor and they don't want to do all this setup. So they just say, Dad sent me. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. Because it's like... I mean, they destroy the Rainbow Bridge, but we already knew that Loki had ways of getting you know, from one world to another without the bridge. So it's not like it was any surprise. I mean, he snuck the frost giants in, or not this, well, the second time he didn't, but the first time when he snuck them in, he didn't even use the bridge. So it's like, okay, it's pretty much useless. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, Heimdall, you're not that important. <laughs> yeah, he really, yeah. When you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was, yeah, that was kind of pointless at the end there, but uh, whatever. <laughs> At, at, yeah, the well, time, I, at the time, it wasn't pointless. No, at the time, I think I think at the time I remember criticisms, and I kind of agree with it. And I think it gets ruined retroactively because of Avengers. Is that it gives the movie a sense of non-ending mm-hmm. because it's like it's basically like to be continued, and then it's like that to be continued doesn't get picked up in the next movie, but they somehow have to go back to it for 
Thor 2, which they kind of do because he just can't, he can't free transport, transport between Earth, but it's like, it's not something we're going to do with Avengers because we need him in the film. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess you do what you have to do to make the movie work. So. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, and, and I, I would say, and this has kind of been a theme. A lot of these endings in Phase 1 don't work once you see the other films. It's like they had, okay, you should do this, but then they actually developed the movie. Like, okay, we have to, like, the scene in um, New Mexico, which is the end of Iron Man 2, it's just Coulson seeing the hammer, but they made a minor subplot here, and there's like a t- you know bunch of people who are going there trying to test their might to pick it up and stuff like that. And it's like, where did all these people come from? Because they weren't in Koshin's side at the end of Iron Man Two. Hmm, well, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, it was just him. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing with like a lot of these films is that you really, I, I, it's if you look too deeply into them, then. They're not going to stand up. I mean, they're not meant to be, you know, Oscar-winning, you know, life-changing films. They're, they're especially this one is made to just be a summer fun blockbuster. I mean, so it's like, how can you grade it on that scale if that's not what it's trying to be in the first place? So, Wait, I, I guess I'm just I'm talking. I mean, part of this is you know just rewatching, and part of it is also kind of looking at it as an eye of a fan and seeing how all these pieces connect. And it's you know it's kind of like they have the broad picture and they can kind of do things with that. But when you get into the actual films and the details, that stuff either doesn't matter or they have to drop it because it doesn't make sense with what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of similar with what we'll get in. Um. Avengers with the 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 the, 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 the tease, the stinger at the end with um Ioki. Oh. I don't necessarily know what he's it seems like I don't know if they're possessing the same body, if he's talking to him. I'm not really sure what happened there. But in in Avengers it's pretty much, it's brain control or heart control, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't disagree with you here, but it's, it's just kind of is what it is. Well, I, I think, I think with a lot of the, the whole phase one of the MCU, it's, it, it, it's like they didn't foresee the master plan, and I don't yeah. think there is like one master plan that Marvel's working on, but they definitely have ideas, like they have Marvel movies planned out all the way to 2020 or past that. So like they know the directions that they want to take now. And I don't know how much of the rest of these movies they had planned when they made them. And yeah. well, yeah, that's even why I can't they, fault them too much. Yeah. Even the stuff they have planned now is constantly in flux. I mean, you look at what's probably going to be going on with, um, with civil war and how, you know, uh, allegedly, they had planned to have you know Black Panther play this integral role, and now it might be Spider-Man, so they might have to change it completely. I mean, they're always it's always in flux, it's always changing. And I mean, I guess, it, I mean, as as a comic book fan, it's like you're tend to be pretty used to that. Like the 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 storylines don't always hold up so well under you know critique. Um, most of them don't. A lot of them don't. So. It's not that unheard of to be like, okay, they're just going to go a little bit of a different way, but overall, oh, yeah. it's telling. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily. 
I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, the stingers, whatever. Especially the th- stingers, they, sometimes I think they're filmed afterwards, and sometimes you can really tell. Like, I know Avengers is filmed way afterwards, and I think one of them in um, Thor 2 is filmed afterwards, because you can tell how cheap it looks. But, you know, it's that's I, 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 my big beef with this is kind of the non-ending, where it's like, to be continued, it doesn't matter, okay, let's bring it back. Well, and that's but- pretty much it. But at the moment, when this came out in 2011, that was a conclusion. It's not until later on that you watched no, further films that you realize. No, even in 2011, I remember having a problem with this ending because it doesn't really end the film. It becomes more of a problem when it doesn't matter for Avengers. Well, how, does, how, ending, how do you feel it doesn't end the film? I mean, he banishes Loki and gets gets back in his rightful place, and that's that. Yeah, and then, and he's just like, that's it. That's not an ending. That's a, okay, we're done. Let's go. That's, that's, a, not, that's, that's a happily ever after. What are you talking about? Okay, I can't see you ever again. The bad that's guy, a happy ever after. The bad guy gets banished, the good guy wins. It's like, that's the end of the movie. There you go. Uh, but, yeah. Like I said, I mean, to me, it's not, it's not a deal-breaker, because I already said I'm not a huge fan of this film, so this isn't a deal-breaker. It's just one of those things that yeah. it's like, whatever. Well, you know, I, I will say I'm glad that we finally disagree on something, because like, the prior films were like, I agree. <laughs> But well, yeah. I, I would say I also disagreed a bit with Iron Man too. But I think we're on the same page. I think our likeness, liking of it was just on various levels. Yeah. Um, is there anything else in Thor that you folks want to mention? Um, I mean, I, I, I guess are we are we summing oh. it all up now? Or, or uh, I was gonna, say, well, I was gonna say we missed the um, other best part of the film, which is Thor's uh, what, Warriors Three. Well, I thought oh, you were gonna say Coulson. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other Warriors three, or or who was it? What did he say? Uh, uh, the son of Robin, Cole. No, no, Robin Hood, Xena Warrior Princess, and Jackie Chan. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, we got Robin Hood, Xena, and Jackie Chan. That was that was a good <laughs> a good line. Pretty, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what's really yeah. interesting though is the relationship between um, Thor and um, oh, crap. What's her name? Sith. Lady Sith. Sith. Yeah, Lady Sith. So, but I don't know if they're ever really going to go into that, but that would be interesting. That's, I know, oh, maybe, that's, maybe that's part of why I wasn't so uh, so overly critical about his relationship with Jane Foster, because I know, I know who the real baby mama is, okay? I'm not worried about Jane Foster. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, you can definitely feel that some sort of tension between Sith and Thor, maybe not so much in this movie, but in, you know, when she makes an appearance in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can kind of, the back and forth there, uh, and in Thor 2. Yeah. So, okay, I guess, did we pretty much cover everything? I think so. I think that's everything we usually cover. So it comes. I mean, I don't think we've hidden our feelings on this, but <laughs> I mean, do you recommend as you do your Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch to watch Thor? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think for I mean, first off, just because it's it, it's vital to introduce the character himself. I mean, if you just skip it and end up in Avengers, and you're like, who the heck is this guy? 
um, and doesn't really make it, and, and nothing makes any sense to you. I, I think it's very important to watch for that alone. Uh, also, for Loki, I mean, Loki is the villain in Avengers, so to kind of find out who he is and where he comes from and why he is the way he is, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's it's necessary for those points alone. Also, I thought it was a fun film. I don't think it's a perfect film by any means. Um, I I think it's just a fun action film with some funny jokes in there, and you know, and 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 then and that's it. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Everyone should check this out. Yeah, I have to agree with you on on the points that you mentioned. It's a I think I personally think it's a it's a fun movie. I certainly enjoyed watching it the first time and rewatching it. I've I've watched it more times than some of the other Phase One movies, except Captain America, uh, because I found it more interesting and riveting. Uh, and I think the 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 big point that you brought up is Loki. This movie is basically Loki's villain origin story, and I think that's very important for his character, like especially if you plan on watching the Avengers and y- you want to know where Loki comes from, that he's not just this giant kind of douchebag character. He, he, you know, well, he kind of is, but he also has his reasons. Right. And he's a lot more fleshed out than the other villains in some well, of these other movies. He also, he also survives. I mean, I think so far most everybody else is dead. Well, well, I'd, I'd contest that. With, no, nobody uh, nobody dies in comic books. Well, I mean, there's always a way yeah. to bring them back. There's always a way to bring them back. But with the ass got thrown up, um, Obadiah got executed. Bromsky's still alive, I guess. But I don't necessarily think that would make a compelling feeling for an entire movie. Okay, so Iron Man generally kills his villains. But <laughs> oh, everyone he's killed them. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's correct that Pepper kills two of them and the other ones commit suicide. So I haven't uh, yeah. killed any of them. <laughs> His villains end up dead, like dead, dead. <laughs> like I, I, it's it's arguable about uh, the, the first Avenger. Like I'll argue it to the death that he's not dead, but we'll get to that uh, next, next week. week. Yes, um, and like I said, I kind of started off this show saying I'm not a fan of this film, and I don't necessarily find it as notable as you two to kind of get, get into Avengers to watch this. I understand the point of this is where it introduces Thor and Loki, but you kind of get a really brief primer on them in Avengers. You get the gist of it. You get that he's kind of power-hungry. He's Thor's half-brother. Thor will do anything to defend him, even though he realizes he's a bit off. Mm-hmm. And even and I, I actually think that is the most interesting part about Thor, is that his relationship with Oki, no matter what Oki does, he's always his brother, and he's always going to try to see the best in him and try and hope that one day Oki will come around to being a good guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, multiple, multiple times he falls for it. Like, he, I oh, think yeah. he, he'll well, fall for it every single time, I think. I mean, I don't know if you guys have siblings, but yeah, that's I mean, kind of how it is. You know, you always want to look for the best in them. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of I respect that. Yeah. But to be fair to most of us, our siblings don't try to commit genocide. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! My sister's a That's psychopath. Just <laughs> no, I mean he, he does. He does try to develop the frost giants with that beam, the Bifrost. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and well, I'm pretty sure he wants to save mankind in Avengers. 
Yeah, he, I think his thing is just committing genocide. Like that's yeah, just which is what I'm saying. And Thor Snow sticks up, sticks up for him. Like, yeah, he's my brother. What can you do? Even though there's a great joke about that in Avengers, and we'll get to that. Oh yeah, in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, especially being that almost everybody else in this film is not important to the grand scheme of things. Like Pepper makes an appearance in Avengers. Jane doesn't. Um, Darcy doesn't. The professor doesn't. Um. I would say Hawkeye doesn't. Wait a minute. But he's, he's in Avengers somewhere. Yes, he, I hear. Wait, the professor? Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, the professor <laughs> the does professor make an appearance. We talked about he's, a, he's an important part of Avengers. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't go if he, I wouldn't say he's an important part, but he's in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, for, okay. I, for, I forgot about that. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> Thor, Loki, and. <laughs> so, it is weird that for a film that is pretty much a sequel to Avengers, like you said, Loki's the villain. Thor's there, the professor's there. Like, it doesn't really factor in with Thor. And I guess because Thor is the most recent film, it's Captain America, as we'll get to um, next week, takes place way in the past. It's mm-hmm. also it's also kind of curious, and I guess there was no way to do this. It doesn't set up the Avengers, which I was surprised about, because time-wise, this is the film right before Avengers happens. But I guess yeah. they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that tease. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Hmm. Yeah, that was, it, it, it would have been weird if they'd done that and then Captain America comes out and well, it's they just did, not addressed. They did kind of set up the Avengers with the after credit scene, but not really. I mean... Not, no, they set up Captain America because that's, you find out what that is in the first Avenger. Okay, yeah. Well, I suppose that's true. I mean, but... That actual thing that happens there is what happens directly before the Avengers begins. So, I mean, yeah. they do lead into it a bit, but yeah, I guess they don't really reveal what it is until Captain America. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's and, and and this is kind of what I realized rewatching Phase One is, and I don't want this sounds like a negative term, but I think like Marvel films aren't ambitious, and this is both a good or bad thing. Like, Thor is in no way the worst comic book film I've ever seen. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. But it's just there. It's nothing special in any regard. So it's one of those films, like, I can take it or leave it. Like, if I never see it again, I would not care. Mm. And I think I, that's a decent point. Like, I, I think they definitely tried to go with the safest route on this film. Yeah. But again, I feel like that was because it's such a fantastic character not like fantastic like great like fantastic like so out he's so outlandish that it's like they kind of had to well they didn't have to but they chose to go with the safe route because they didn't want to risk going over the top with it and losing everyone well, so I, well I, I i i but i also feel you can say the same thing about iron man too you can say the same thing about incredible hulk is that like if i if you never see them again would you be disappointed no. Uh, no, no, not particularly. No, no. Iron Man Two and yeah. Incredible Hulk, not really. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean by not ambitious. Like they aren't bad movies. They're just kind of like, like I would actively avoid Batman and Robin. At least that means it's left an impression with me, even if it's a terrible one. <laughs> I would watch <laughs> the Avengers again because I would watch Guardians of the Galaxy again. Spoilers for those two movies because yeah. they're enjoyable and they Spoilers, stick with those you. Those are good. <laughs> <laughs> but like the ones that don't stick with you, it's just like whatever it's like it's like fast food like you'll eat it in a moment but like it's nobody's ever like oh man i really need to go for mcdonald's right now what what 
I, uh, I, I, you've I, never you've never craved McDonald's before, like <laughs> no McDonald's is just like oh I need food, it's right there. <laughs> I don't know, I you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I've, I've, I've craved McDonald's I've what, before. That's I've it. It's official. Eats, so that, now it, that explains that explains why you hate Thor. Because <laughs> you hate, hate all Thor, good things. I don't. What <laughs> good things about anyhow? Those they have fries, great chicken man. nuggets. <laughs> the McFlurry? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Ferry will be back next week with our recommendations for Burger King. <laughs> and then the week after that with, with Wendy. <laughs> so, for myself, Scott and Tony, this has been the Marvel Cinecast for Thor. Alright, see ya.